I'm Leslie Moody, host of the Set Apart Podcast, Biblical Encouragement for Women of All Ages. This week, I'm excited to be continuing our Biblical Mindset series, and we're going to take a look at the area of social media. I did an episode on social media a number of years ago. I'd like to take a fresh look at this topic in light of this Biblical Mindset series because social media is such a crucial part for most of us of our daily lives, so approaching this area of our lives in a truly God-honoring way. Before we jump in, I wanted to remind you that there are just a couple of weeks left to get the lowest pricing on our 2024 Set-Apart Conference, which is happening June 7th through 9th, 2024. You can join us in Colorado or online, and if you purchase online access, you'll have access to the sessions throughout the rest of 2024. So it's a great opportunity to get the lowest prices. If you're interested in making plans for next year to join us, just go to setapart.org or click the link in this podcast description. Let's take a look at social media from a biblical perspective. This is such a challenging area to address because it's such a new phenomenon. I remember 10 or 15 years ago when social media was really beginning to surge, looking at it from a biblical perspective was challenging because it's not like we can look back at previous generations and how they navigated it biblically. We're really the first generation in history who's had to navigate something like this. And there are definite pros and cons to the digital world. For one thing, we can reach more people with positive messages of truth and hope and light and the gospel of Christ than ever at any time in all of history, just with the few clicks of buttons, which is truly amazing. But there is a downside, as all of us probably found out the hard way that social media and digital communication can become very addicting, and there are a lot of stumbling blocks out there. So the first thing I'd like to do is look at some of the highest dangers to our spiritual life when it comes to social media, because social media in itself can be a positive aspect of our life. But it's kind of like a fire in a fireplace. It needs to be kept in its proper context or it can quickly burn down the entire house. And that's how I feel about most of the digital world. If it's kept in a healthy, proper place, it can bring enhancement into our lives and it can actually encourage others with truth, etc. But it can very quickly get out of its place and cause a lot of damage to our spiritual lives. Some of the highest dangers that I would see, first and foremost, would be the idea of discrimination discretion kind of eroding and evaporating on social media. You know, it used to be back in the day, long time ago, multiple generations ago, women or young girls especially would have their diaries and they would write their personal thoughts and struggles and their private thoughts, whatever they were working through inwardly, they would write in their diary or kind of a record of what they were doing in their daily life. And they would then lock that diary with a key and hide the diary and hide the key. And it wasn't really for anyone to see. And yet now I feel like social media has replaced the old fashioned concept of the diary. So instead of women keeping their personal thoughts to themselves, maybe processing them on paper, they're now publishing them on social media or on their personal blogs. They're putting their deepest emotions and most personal struggles out there for the entire world to see. And one thing that has bothered me just in the Christian world is that a lot of times social media is looked at as a good and healthy outlet for sharing personal gripes and grievances towards others. A lot of times when women are wanting to vent their frustration toward people, they'll put that on their social media page. And they'll usually be met with comments like, hey, I'm so refreshed by your honesty. I so appreciate you being raw and real about this. Just so, so happy that you're not trying to gloss this over, etc. And I feel like 
because there's no guardedness with what we're sharing oftentimes on social media, the whole concept of discretion has fallen by the wayside. And we've talked about the lack of discretion in Christian women's lives in other episodes. But just as a reminder, Proverbs 11.22 says, as a ring of gold in a swine's snout, so is a lovely woman who lacks discretion. And I think that is such a poignant word picture there that we can have this loveliness, this reflection of Christ, but when we don't have godly discretion, as Mary did, where she took the most treasured things in her life and she protected them and guarded them and cherished them in her own heart. When we lack that quality, it's like the loveliness of Christ is greatly diminished in our lives. It's not to say that social media always necessitates a lack of discretion, but because it is so much a part of the culture of modern social media to kind of let your emotions fly, it's just very easy to jump on on that bandwagon. And pretty soon we end up sharing a lot more than we really should. And so if you are engaging in social media, if you have a personal blog, if you're sharing personal things, it's so absolutely critical that we have godly discretion and we're guarded with what we share. And we don't just dump every bit of emotional baggage or every personal gripe or grievance or every personal struggle we're going through out there for the entire world to see. And so we'll talk more about that as we get deeper into this episode. Another danger that I see in social media is that we can very easily let it consume us. iPhones are amazing and all of our devices are so convenient. We can just reach people right away. We can get directions wherever we need to go, etc. And that's very, very convenient. But because those devices make social media so accessible at every moment of the day, it doesn't matter if we're sitting in a traffic light or waiting in a line at a store or late at night, can't sleep. It's just, it's right there calling out to us, beckoning us, like click on me, open me scroll Instagram or whatever it is. It's just so easy to let it consume so much of our time and our focus when we don't keep it in its proper place and put boundaries around that area. I remember hearing one time a young woman who was a missionary in a foreign country and she was really living a sacrificial life. She worked at an orphanage in a very poverty-stricken nation. And she had given up a lot of comforts and a lot of personal pursuits just to be there and pour out her life on the mission field. But she said to me once, you know, my biggest struggle being on the mission field in these conditions isn't actually the heat or the inconvenience or the poverty or the just the discomforts that are here. It's actually the temptation to spend more time on Facebook and on Instagram than in prayer than the word of God. And she knew that she needed to be close to the shepherd in order to fight those daily battles on the mission field. But because she could have her devices with her on the mission field in those conditions, that's what she was drawn to, almost like an escape or a sort of a temporary refueling and refreshment instead of going to the true source of refueling and refreshment, which was sitting at the feet of Jesus. So again, not Not that it's bad to spend time on Facebook or Instagram, depending on what you're doing on those platforms. But when it replaces prayer, when it replaces time in the Word of God, when it takes more of our focus and our attention than our relationship with Christ, that's when we know it's gotten out of its place. I've seen a lot of moms today who are actually distracted from really serving their families as God has called them to because of social media. It's really easy to tune out our kids because our phones are always right there. And it's more exciting maybe to 
scroll Instagram and to click around on social media than to be fully present mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually for the needs of our children, especially when our children are very young. I remember when I was growing up, my mom would throw these elaborate birthday parties for my siblings and I and just spend days and put just so much time and effort into them. And, you know, today, if a mom does that, she feels obligated to, you know, photograph the whole thing and post it online and put it on Instagram or Pinterest or wherever and get a lot of accolades from other people and document it in a public way. Back in the day, you know, my mom basically just did that to serve her family. We might have a few Polaroid snapshots of all the work she put into those birthday parties, but they meant so much to us. But I I do remember feeling like I had her full focus and her full attention in that season when I was young and she was just pouring out for us. And that really meant a lot to me and it gave me an amazing foundation in my childhood. So I know for me as a mom, being a mom in a different generation than my mom was, it's just, it's a completely different ballgame because there is kind of that pressure. You're not really being a good mom unless you post all about it on Instagram. And that's just an interesting challenge that I don't think other moms throughout history have had to face. But we need to be very watchful that we don't let these things consume us or distract us from what's truly important in our lives. It is really easy to sit down on a social media platform, whether it's on your phone or your computer or whatever, intending to maybe spend five minutes there and end up being there for multiple hours just because it's like one rabbit hole to the next. You can just click on this and click on that. And it's very stimulating visually and thought provoking and interesting. And pretty soon we're just living in a digital world versus the real world world. I think it's also very tempting to be ignorant of the needs of those around us because our phone is always in our face. We don't even notice sometimes that people around us are hurting because our eyes are focused on that device rather than upward and outward. Another danger of social media is showcasing self, making social media all about me, me, me. And that's, again, just a cultural thing that's just very normal for social media today. And Even though it's a great way to connect with people, it's a great way to encourage people, let people know about things that are going on in our lives. You know, so it's not necessarily wrong to post about personal things or pictures or whatever it might be, but we have to be careful not to make social media kind of like a little personal shrine or an all about me extravaganza. You know, the selfie trend that has been going on for the past decade or so, it's just snap a picture of yourself and post it and get it out there. And again, it can just be very easy to get extremely self-focused when it comes to social media. With all of these dangers out there in the world of social media, I found that it's just critical to adopt a digital code of conduct where this area of our lives can really become a breach to our spiritual lives. It can become a hindrance in our walk with Christ and our ability to really shine his light to this generation. When it comes to wondering what should we post, what should we use social media for? If we are going to have a presence on social media, how should we use it in a God-honoring way? When I think about this, it's basically a form of communication. And the Bible has some really clear instructions on the way that we should communicate to others. Romans 14, 19 says, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which we may edify another person. Edify is such a key word when it comes to knowing how to communicate with this world. It means to build someone up in their faith, to promote another person's growth in Christian wisdom, piety, holiness, etc., basically to point someone else to Jesus Christ. And so if our goal is to use all of our communication, including social media, to edify, to point to Christ, to shine his light, to shine his truth, to serve other people, it can be used as a wonderful tool to promote the gospel and to help people 
people be spurred on towards Jesus Christ. It also says in Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. So we are not to use our communication, whether verbally or digitally, for corruption, for crudeness, for anything of this world, but things that are good for necessary edification. There's that word edify again, so that we can impart grace, that grace, that light, that love, that hope, that radiance of Christ to those who read our posts and observe what we are doing online. A great way to evaluate whether your digital communication is truly edifying is to hold it up against Paul's checklist in Philippians 4, 8. The things that are true and noble and just and pure and lovely and of good report. And if there's anything virtuous or praiseworthy, we are to meditate on those things. We are also to communicate about those things. And if you think about the fact that you're posting things that other people are going to be reading and meditating on and thinking about, that should be our checklist, our criteria. Criteria. Is it true? Is it noble? Is it just? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it of good report? Is it virtuous or praiseworthy? Is it God honoring? So before we post something, before we put something out there for the world to see, it's really good to take a step back and say, is it really in alignment with this checklist that we see in Philippians 4, 8? And another question that we need to evaluate here is how do we put social media in its proper place? We use that concept of a fire in a fireplace, whereas if it's kept in the hearth, it can actually be an enhancement to the home. But if it gets out of the hearth, it's going to quickly burn that home down. One thing that is super helpful for me to remember when it comes to social media is that it is not going to last for eternity. Now, of course, if you post scripture or if you post truth, those words of truth will last for eternity. Anything of truth and of eternal value and of the word of God is going to last. Ministry to another person's soul will last for eternity. But a lot of what happens on social media, most of it, I would say, is not going to last for eternity. So in light of the fact that social media, a lot of what takes place on social media will not last for eternity, we need to put boundaries around it. I think it's very important that we remember that principle that God has prepared good works in advance for us to walk in. So there are divine opportunities in every single day that are very easy to miss if our face is always in our phone. God has invited us also to commune at his banqueting table every day, to sit at his feet, to draw and glean from his truth and his wisdom and to have a true intimate daily relationship with him. But we have to evaluate whether we are too distracted with the latest and greatest on social media to really take the time to do that. I'm reminded of that quote from C.T. Studd when he said, only one life, it will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. That's another great way to evaluate whether the things we are looking at or posting on social media really are worthwhile and have eternal value. Are they done for Christ? Are they based in truth? Are they building up other souls? That's what's going to last for eternity. And then there's a quote from Lilias Trotter, who was a missionary to Algeria for many, many, many years. And she wrote, The words that inspired the hymn, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And if our focus truly is on Jesus Christ, the things that the world is clamoring after and just obsessed with just will not seem important to us. So that is something we need to take very seriously in light of social media because it's really easy to just get caught up in what everybody else is getting caught up in social media platforms and forget to evaluate whether it really has value in light of eternity. So I'd like to share with you three key principles that I think can really help us put into practice this idea of using social media in a 
truly healthy and edifying way. And the first principle is to choose Christ-honoring words. The Bible says that life and death is in the power of a tongue, and it's also in the power of the written word because that's really an outflow of what we're trying to communicate. It is really, really easy to send meaningless words out into cyberspace without really stopping to think whether they are truly God-honoring. If we don't take time to weigh our words, it's just really easy, like I said earlier, to spew out emotional tirades or criticism towards others or idle banter that just glorifies pop culture and worldliness. Proverbs 29.20 gives us a very serious warning about being careless and unguarded with our words. Do you see a man hasty in his words? Could also be, do you see a woman hasty in her words? There is more hope for a fool than for him or her. And then Jesus reminds us again of this principle in Matthew 12.36. Every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account of it thereof in the day of judgment. Every idle word we speak or post, we are going to give account of it someday. Those are sobering verses to consider in light of how thoughtlessly we often treat our digital communication. If we really want to honor God on social media, the first step is going to be weighing our words and our posts in light of eternity. Again, social media is not wrong in and of itself, but we also need to face the fact that most of what takes place on social media at large does not have eternal value, and a lot of it is truly dishonoring to God in his pattern, and it's dishonoring to others. We as women are often at the forefront of this unhealthy digital communication. In 1 Timothy 5.13, Paul warns against the ungodly behavior of certain women in the church. He says they learn to be idle, wandering from house to house, and not only idle, but also gossips and busybodies saying things which they ought not. Now, if you put a modern spin on those same words with kind of that social media emphasis, a modern translation of that verse might go something like this. They learn to be idle, wandering about from Facebook page to Facebook page, being gossips and busybodies, posting things that they ought not. It's very sobering to think, you know, back in biblical times, it might have been wandering from house to house, but today it really is wandering from social media page to social media page. We are just very prone to that as women. So let's think about how we can be God-honoring in every one of our social or digital forms of communication. Written communication used to take quite a bit of time and thought and effort. We think about it, before the digital world, stationery had to be purchased, a letter had to be written by hand, put into an envelope, addressed, stamped, taken to the mailbox, and then that little red flag had to be put up. There was actually time back then to stop and think about what was being communicated through correspondence, and even to throw away a letter if you didn't feel quite right about what you were writing. But that's not the case anymore. We have all become so used to the instant gratification of texting and tweeting and posting our thoughts and our ideas for all the world to see at a moment's notice. Basically, as quickly as a thought enters our mind, we can make it public. And we now have that luxury of never having to deliberate over our written words. There's definitely a certain convenience over not having to buy stationery and stamps and write by hand and take it out to the mailbox. But the downside is that this instant communication also presents some really dangerous pitfalls and causes us to communicate in ways that we might later regret. We talked earlier about that verse in Romans 14, 19, where Paul exhorts us to edify one another. We can only glorify God with our words when we use them to edify others rather than to just fill space, make ourselves heard, or engage in gossip and worldly banter. 
In Proverbs 25, 11, it says, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Just as the wrong words can pull both us and our readers away from God, the right words can draw us and others closer to him. When your desire is to glorify God and edify others with your digital words, they can become refreshing and inspiring like apples of gold in settings of silver. If you are ever in doubt, if you're not sure if this truly glorifies God or edifies others, don't post it. It's better not to post anything than something that falls short of God's standard for honorable communication. A couple of hints that can help point you in the right direction. If a post or a statement is all about you and you're not pointing eyes back to Christ, or if it's an emotional dumping ground where you're spewing frustration and criticism towards others, or if it's obsessing over things that are just temporary frivolous things in this world, or if it's gossiping against others, those things are always better not to post because they're going to lead us in the wrong direction rather than the right one. So let's choose God-honoring words. Another key principle is to guard against worldly distractions. I don't spend a lot of time personally on Instagram and those other platforms because I notice that even if I'm just sort of checking something out quickly, there are just a lot of rabbit holes. Something will catch my eye, a, a heading, a quote, a picture, whatever. It's just very easy to start clicking around and just getting lost in that whole digital world and have it take over my focus and my time. And that's happened to me a few times. And every time it does, I'm reminded why I've chosen not to spend a whole lot of time just hovering around on social media. Because even if you're trying to get to something innocent, like, okay, organization tips for busy moms, you are probably going to be assaulted by all sorts of other unrelated images like sensual photos and worldly icons and celebrity gossip and pop culture fads and other people's garbage that they're spewing out on social media. And those things are all vying for your focus and attention. You have to make a very swift and purposeful effort to ignore those things and to just stay focused on what you're there to be looking at in the first place. Psalm 119.37 says, turn my eyes away from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. On social media or anywhere else on the internet, we need to be vigilant about turning our eyes away from the worthless things that so often dominate those platforms, whether it's sensuality, crudeness, perversity, worldly distractions, celebrity things that are just frivolous. When we love the world and the things that are in the world, we cannot love God with our whole heart, as it says in 1 John 2.15. When we allow worldly things to entice us and distract us, we can quickly become consumed by the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, as it says in 1 John 2.16. It's impossible to keep our eyes fixed upon Christ when we have a divided heart. And one of the biggest downfalls for Christian women on social media today is to get caught up in the things that charm and ravish the world, as Amy Carmichael would say. Materialism, gossip, worldly entertainment, body image issues, fear, worrying about what's happening in the world, idolatry, et cetera, et cetera. And we so often justify those things by saying, well, God knows that I don't agree with all this. I can overlook the bad things and just take the good things out of it. But we need to remember that bad company corrupts good character, it says in the Bible. And if we're just immersing ourselves in those worldly messages, it is going to corrupt us. It is going to change our relationship with Christ and erode our spiritual life. Amy Carmichael said, comrades in this solemn fight, let us settle it as something that cannot be shaken. We are here to live holy, loving, lowly lives. We cannot do this unless we walk very, very close to our Lord Jesus. Anything that would hinder us from the closest walk possible till we see him face to face is not for us. 
If you find that certain areas of social media are constantly tempting you to dwell on worthless things and pull you into worldly distractions, then I would encourage you to make a purposeful effort to avoid those pages, those platforms. And when you do encounter something that falls into that category, don't take a moment to ponder whether it's worth taking a second look. Practice turning your eyes away from those worthless things, whether that just means clicking off the page right away or closing your computer or just not going there in the first place. The health of your soul and your relationship with Christ are not worth jeopardizing for anything, especially things as worthless and temporal as the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. So we've talked about God glorifying words, and we've talked about avoiding worldly distractions. And the third principle is avoiding idleness or idle chatter, as the Bible calls it. During Paul's evangelistic journeys in the book of Acts, he came upon a group of Athenians who it says they spent their time in nothing else but to either tell or to hear some new thing. Now, that's a pretty good picture of why most of us are on social media in the first place. Maybe we're bored. We want some excitement and distraction. We want to hear or tell some new thing. This is not actually a positive quality in the book of Acts. Those people were initially excited about hearing Paul's message, but only a few of them embraced the life-changing truth of Christ. They were too distracted by the shallow and meaningless things of this life. Proverbs 31.27 says that a godly woman does not eat the bread of idleness idleness, boredom, the need to focus on meaningless things or find an excuse to avoid things we really don't want to do. That's often what draws us to those social media platforms. But as it says in Proverbs 23, idle chatter leads only to poverty. So when we waste time and energy on idle things, we end up spiritually impoverished. 2 Timothy 2.16 says, shun profane and idle babblings for they will increase to more ungodliness. The term idle babbling here means empty discussion or discussion of vain and useless matters. That is a perfect description of a lot of what happens on social media. Those platforms can so often be a breeding ground for idle chatter, emotional ramblings, exalting our own thoughts and opinions instead of God's. If you are reading and posting things online that don't serve any eternal purpose, things that are shallow, worldly, meaningless, then they're just idle chatter. And we need to eliminate that from our lives because the Bible says idle chatter doesn't lead anywhere good. I've known Christians who have used their personal blogs for no other purpose than idle babbling. It's like they just want to air their own thoughts and ideas, but those thoughts and ideas don't really serve a purpose, anything to point us to Jesus or truth. It's just meant to sound interesting and to fill space. A great way to figure out whether the words that you're posting or reading online have any eternal value is to just ask a few questions. Do these words point people to Jesus Christ and reflect his nature? Do they serve any higher purpose? than to just fill space and sound interesting? Do they honor God or do they esteem the shallow things of this world? If the words and the images are hollow and meaningless, it's better not to post them or to read them. If you take a look at your conduct on social media and you feel like digital idle chatter has become an unhealthy pattern in your life, I would encourage you to prayerfully consider taking a season away from those platforms that seem to pull you into that habit and begin using some of that time for things that really do have eternal value, prayer and worship, serving others, encouraging people in your daily life, reaching out to someone who is lonely, helping and serving those around you. This habit may seem difficult to switch at first, but if you ask God for the grace to make that kind of exchange, he will give you the strength that you need. And just like all of the other areas we've been talking about, once you discover the real thing, you won't be satisfied with a counterfeit. To become the set-apart women that he has called us to be, 
let's remember that this world is not our home. Every moment we have here on this earth is a gift from heaven, a beautiful opportunity to live out the sacred set-apart calling God has placed on our lives. Let's not waste this precious time that he's given us. Let's ask him for the grace to turn our attention away from distractions and onto the things that matter most to him. Even in our online conduct, may we always live lives that proclaim nothing else matters to me but the things that are eternal. Jim Elliott said, live every day as if the son of man were at the door and gear your thinking to the fleeting moment. How can it be redeemed? Walk as if the next step would carry you across the threshold of heaven. And if we took that to heart in light of what we're posting and doing on social media, it might change our approach. Leonard Ravenhill said, where are the eternity conscious believers? Where are the souls white hot for God because they fear his holy name and presence and so live with eternities? values in view. I pray that you and I will learn to approach this area of our lives with eternity's values. Remember, we are setting the tone and the pace for future generations in this area. So may we be an example of Christ and God's pattern in every click, every post, everything that we do in our digital conduct by his grace. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to go deeper into this issue, I encourage you to go to setapart.org and check out the many resources that we have for you, especially our online mentoring program, which has an entire four-week course on God-honoring social media. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.